Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the NXT 2.0. Preview, I'm Michael Sidgwick, joined by Andy Murray to discuss everything that's in store for us on tonight's show. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We preview and review NXT 2.0, Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite, Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. Uh, We have wrestling interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on Wrestle culture right murray 20 minutes mm. 20 minutes for a show that neither of us particularly like it doesn't have much <laughs> on the docket in terms of stuff to actually preview uh, one match has been announced thus far and it is a tag team title rematch in the women's division uh, between toxic attraction and the reunited dakota kai and raquel gonzalez bit of a good news bad news this the bad news is it was the worst match at stand and deliver which I'll actually get your thoughts on as well. The pad this bollocks out. But it can't possibly be worse, can it? They've sort of developed a bit of chemistry. Maybe I can't be arsed with it. Uh, yeah. What did you make of the match at Stand and Deliver? And what are your general thoughts on Stand and Deliver? Because there were very few... Um, there was very little buzz about the show yeah. itself. And the uh, listeners who somehow maybe like NXT 2.0 might want to hear somebody actually talk about it. I think Dakota Kai worked very hard to try and make it greater than it was at Stand and Deliver. She's clearly the best wrestler of this group of people. Uh, No shade on Raquel. I really enjoyed her pre-2.0 when she actually had Diesel vibes. Now it's just, hey... Diesel vibes? Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, uh, I I don't know. Like, when you go eight minutes on a pre-show or nine minutes or whatever it was, you don't really need to be doing shocked facial expressions after a signature move. When well, you do, because it's NXT and it's mandatory. Aye. It's mandatory. Aye. <laughs> I know, I'm com- complaining about overacting in NXT 2.0. What's wrong with me? Um, it was a very clunky match. Um, for all the progress that, that uh, Gigi Dolan made on the indie scene prior to signing with WWE and all of that, <sighs> JC Jane just isn't there between the ropes. Um very clunky, loads of slow motion exchanges, like really, really dire stuff. Obviously, a lot better when Dakota was in there. She's brilliant. I don't think WWE know what they have in her. Um, hence why she was, what was it? The Joker the baby. The Joker baby. <laughs> hence why she was the Joker baby for a long, long time and still seemingly is with the candy floss hair and all of that. Uh, pink hair rules. I don't know why I've just mentioned that. But yeah, man, like stand and deliver. I saw a lot of wild 
I, and look, we all have our different opinions and stuff, but I, I saw a lot of wild takes about how this show was proof that that despite it no longer being the indie darling or whatever, whatever dismissive term you want to refer to the black and gold era as, despite it no longer being that, the wrestling is still great and, and you know people just don't want to admit it because all their favorites are out of the company. Well, personally for me, I didn't really enjoy the last couple of years of NXT. I know you're in the same boat. The programming style just wasn't for me. It felt very stale by the end. And when a change came around, I, uh, you know, aside from the stories of them not really recruiting experienced wrestlers, uh, anymore i was i kind of welcomed it to be honest um this show was extremely aggressively mid i don't think i could say in good faith that there was a single match i would say was above like three and a half stars and remember three and a half stars is a very good rating um but like you had a ladder match and how, how many ladder matches have we seen in wwe over the past few years i believe in 2020 alone 10% of the ladder matches that have ever happened in WWE history happened in that year. It's absurd. It's a stipulation that they go to so many times it has completely lost all special feeling. It had such dopey moments as Grayson Waller briefly contemplating whether he should go for the title, which was totally free and could have been his, or go for a leg drop on his opponent because he wanted to go viral. It's just, it's not a great show. The ziggler Braun Breaker stuff has been all right, but they seem more, and in that main event as well, they seem more intent on turning Braun Breaker into a system guy and having him wrestle these system matches instead of, and it's what they did with Scott Steiner when he came into feud with Triple H. Instead of focusing on the things that got Scott Steiner over, they fit him into this format and did all this goofy stuff because you can't be different here. It's the same with Braun at the moment. He does not suit these 10, 15 minute matches where he has to work holds and do trades. The guy is appealing because he has this awesome jacked up meathead energy and he can attack in these really explosive bursts and be really compelling. And yet here he is working from beneath against Dolph Bloom and Ziggler. It's just, it's a developmental show. The flaws are understandable for that reason. And the people participating in these performances will obviously get better. But I thought Stand and Deliver was deeply mediocre. I thought the women's tag team title match was genuinely quite bad. And um, there was some other stuff here and there as well. The tag team title match, the, the freeway, was decent. Uh, the ladder match, despite my quibbles, was a pretty good ladder match. But it's impossible to be excited for these things now. Uh, beyond that, Tommaso, Ca uh, Campa? <laughs> Tommaso Ciampa versus Tony D'Angelo was a complete carry job. I love the Tony D'Angelo gimmick ironically it's very funny the guy hasn't got it yet in the ring um just not a great show not even a good show i would say a very middling one typical of the weekly tv show in so many ways uh and it showed in the numbers with around what like four or five thousand people debuting on the biggest weekend of the year this would have been like twelve thousand a few years ago uh, the numbers don't lie the numbers don't lie um, but does it spell disaster for this rematch, given how bad the um, the first one was? And who do you think comes away with the gold? Yeah, I kind of straight away from the point there totally, didn't I? And I, I, asked, <laughs> I asked for your thoughts on the show. I asked for your thoughts on the show, but people might care about who wins yeah. and loses. I personally don't, but I'm doing this for the listeners. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't see this match being any better. You're right, like, they've had another go together in the ring and all of that, but, like, yeah, like, six days later or four days later or whatever it is. I don't really see it going any differently. The only way, if maybe if you built 75% of the match around Dakota Kai being in the ring, because she's fantastic. Just a basic heat 
prolonged bit here and there and bring Raquel in as the big wrecking ball to win the match. That might work in their favour, but then you still have just the, the really molasses execution of the Toxic Attraction team to compensate for as well. Um, I don't really see it going any differently. It, it's almost pointless to sit here and go, why does this match exist when they lost the other week? Oh, it's just a WWE. Yeah, exactly. There's no point in breaking it down, is there? There's no point whatsoever. Uh, the rematch is the rematch clause is gone, but it's still here. Um, yeah, I don't really see it going any differently. I hope coming out of this that we get a nice, clean, decisive win for, for Raquel and Dakota and that this maybe results in Dakota getting rid of all the crazy aspects of her character that... She's so good. She doesn't need all that extra fluff. She's not only playing a ridiculous character that's scarcely believable, but at the end of the day, like she's one of the few exceptional natural baby faces they have in that promotion. So not only do I not want to see terrible acting on a professional wrestling show, but I want to see people cast effectively in their strengths. And Dakota Kai sort of reuniting with the person who caused her this weirdly, terribly acted trauma in the first instance might just get this character right once and for all because they are really missing something special. I agree with Dakota Kai yeah. um, and your assessment of her. But enough about that. We also have a Tony Gardin D'Angelo <laughs> victory celebration. We <laughs> usually play a game here um, called the Tony D'Angelo Predictor. Uh, quite frankly, I'm very much tired. <laughs> after the festivities and the work involved in watching and staying up for and doing split shift sleep patterns because I have to preempt my kids waking up. I'm knackered, man. <laughs> I, I, I had not much sleep last night because my body clock's stupid, so I haven't got anything for the Tony Gardner D'Angelo predictor, but he's having a victory celebration. How do you think it will unfold and maybe we'll yeah. organically arrive at something to predict? Well, he's a Sopranos character. That's the gimmick. Uh, he's been referencing the show kind of sideways literally since day one. Uh, waste management business literally in his first promo. Tremendous. Um, how do the Sopranos characters, what do they eat when they have a get-together? He's going to bust out the gabagool, my friend. The gabagool. That's, that's going to be the thing. Um, yeah. And the match with Champa was was 2.0 was two wrestling in a nutshell. It was the experienced guy guiding the green hand through the match. Champa did a really good job with with Tony, who's like, yeah, like I said, he's not he's not there as a wrestler. But this this segment is just going to be complete bollocks, isn't it? In the best possible way. In that kind of perverse 2.0 is really dumb, but I can't keep my eyes off of it kind of way. Absolutely. Now, Tony D'Angelo, as we know, as he's kind of in this <laughs> impossibly stupid but somewhat endearing WWE way, he's all but said... I'm a uh, criminal. <laughs> yeah. I'm an organized criminal, and I can use as many euphemisms as I want, but I'm doing this to let you know that I'm a part of organized crime. <laughs> now, the idea is that he's beaten the, uh, the, the standard bearer of NXT black and gold, and he's taken NXT 2.0 as his own thing, thus becoming Andy Murray in the process, a made man. Will they go to the lengths of doing, like, the ceremony for, like, the made man in sort of the mafia oh. where, like, they prick the finger? <laughs> Will they prick his finger and a little bit of blood comes out? Will it go this far? Can't draw color on uh, WWE TV, baby. This yeah. is it. It's gory self-mutilation, and I love yeah. this, right? If they wanted to do it in character in the way that an actual mafia guy gets made, what they do is they prick the finger so a little bit of blood comes out, right? Mm. 
I love the idea of maybe someone in the writer's room bouncing around this idea. Like, look, we can, you know, do it faithful to his character. Like, he's obviously a, a stereotype. So let's go stereotypical with it. Can we draw one drop of visible blood from his finger to get over the fact that he's a made man for the symbolism? <laughs> no. So he's saying one drop of blood from a needle to draw again. One drop of blood. Can't do that on television. We can, have, we can still shame the women. We can depict the women as being absolutely cock-obsessed. We can have people effectively dry hump in the middle of the <laughs> ring, which what are kids going to make of that if they ever yeah. watch this? And not only that, but if we want to get blood, pal, we'll have Brock Lesnar concuss people. So hard, sharp, concussive elbows, yes. One needle <laughs> pricking a finger to draw a droplet of blood, nah can't do that wwe is so stunningly awful and it's always a complete and utter um joy to uh cover so the solution is brock lesnar shows up and concusses tony d'angelo's finger yes drives an elbow into the finger like (laughs) mangles his hands because he misses (laughs) and eventually you get like a little bit of like bruising and like a trickle trickle and it's like right okay thanks brock Thanks for doing that. It's about time a rival family shows up and starts giving Tony D'Angelo grief if he's going to prattle on about being a made man, though, isn't it? That's not hey. bad. Oh, my God. Recreate the Pine Barrens, but it's Tony D'Angelo getting chased through the forest. Can you imagine what this podcast will turn into if they introduce a second Italian-American stereotype <laughs> on this show? Well, they got AJ... Is it AJ Galante on this show? Yes, tonight? of course. Yeah, he was there. He was there at... Uh, he was there at Stand and Deliver in his lovely sweatsuit and stuff. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm going to be disappointed if they don't do this. Like, what they should really be hoping to do with Tony D'Angelo is that the peak of... It's not Tony Soprano. Tony Soprano is a wonderful, nuanced, deep TV character. Tony D'Angelo, ideally, should be Mikey Palmese from season one of The Sopranos. Is this stupid when I married you? Yeah. <laughs> this goofy idiot with the perfect death scene for Tony D'Angelo. I'm not saying Tony, Tony D'Angelo what? should die. <laughs> but, you know, he's a goof. The predictor is taking a goddamn ball. <laughs> we just Dwarf killed. Turn. We, we just, just killed. We just, we just whacked the guy. Just whacked the guy. For <laughs> oh. God's sake. Oh, I'm going oh. to whack the Who's Furio? Who's Furio going to be in all of this? Oh. Is there anyone in wrestling? Is a little side discussion as cool as Furio? Sexy killer. I don't think there really is. No one's really got that vibe, have no they? No one's got the Furio vibe. Some have tried to portray it over the years, and yet. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. None have succeeded. Let us know, listeners, what you think. Yeah, at <laughs> whatculture WWE, underneath the link to this podcast, let us know if anyone has Furio energy mm. in next. He was quite a sensitive bloke. He was. And a killer, and a piece. Just an all-round belter of a character, trying to shag the boss's wife. Naughty boy. Oh, naughty boy. Naughty boy. Uh, I was going to say speaking of naughty boys, there's no actual segue here, um, <laughs> because Imperium don't really have any distinct personalities anymore. Uh, they can't use an adjective to describe oh. them other than dull. But they, nonetheless, plan to restore their power. Um, I know this because I went on WWE.com. I unsuccessfully navigated that absolutely dire website until eventually I came across the scant little copy there is about NXT 2.0 tonight, um, buried away um, in the weeds of their absolutely terrible website that is so unbecoming of an absolute publicly traded conglomerate. Is there a wrestling company in the world that doesn't have a website that's a complete piece of trash? Because I don't think there is. The AW1's pretty rubbish as well. The it's previews, like a WordPress like yeah. template, isn't it? The, I mean, I know no one really goes on websites yeah. as much as social media, and it's a more effective marketing tool, but at the same time, like it's, it's unacceptable. But anyway, deep in the marshes um, of that subsection, there was a digital exclusive following um, Imperium's loss of the NXT tag team titles that stand and deliver, and Gunther said something to the effect of, right, this is a bad result for us, but we are going to restore our power hmm. going forward. Now, we're going to be cynical about this, or at least I am. I suspect, if you look at booking patterns, you know, NXT 2.0 is not a very well-written show, but it does have its patterns, and it does sort of think in the medium to long term. I'm guessing that now that Breaker has reclaimed his title, and if you look at the sort of leading singles match that can effectively go somewhere, like Tony D'Angelo could then challenge Bron Breaker, but he feels like a more long-term project, whereas Gunther feels like someone who can be entrusted mm. to drag a really great match out of Bron Breaker. I suspect they're going to go with Gunther Breaker as yeah. the next direction. And what sucks about this, right, is that the best qualities of Bron Breaker, stripped of any imposed WWE values and stylistic sort of ways of making him work, versus a little bit chubby but incredibly threatening Volta of 2017. 
that match would rule. Yeah. I'm less high on the prospect of Gunther versus Braun Breaker, which I suspect will be good in flashes. But do you see that this being the direction? And do you think WWE can get out of their own way and let this dynamic and the brilliant alternate universe version of it sort of flourish? So coming yeah coming out of stand and deliver this was exactly what i thought was going to happen uh, as far as the singles feud goes uh, it's right there isn't it it's right there um it's booking 101 come on wwe come on wwe it's right there um to answer like the second part of your question uh stand and deliver was the death of walter um if you know the aura and everything wasn't already gone with the name change and look, you get used to name changes after a while. Dolph Ziggler has been Dolph Ziggler for over a decade. I still think it's very stupid. And so do I, but you, it's kind of like, it's not something that registers yeah. every time you see his name, right? Um, but that the match with LA Knight was literally the death of everything that made Walter special. It was just the most system match this guy has ever worked. And the cool thing about Walter, when he was making his appearances in NXT and when he was working NXT UK, didn't wrestle that often, preserved his aura, all of that stuff. But beyond that, he always felt like the one guy when he appeared on NXT TV who was able to, who had the leeway to just do him, do his stuff. The matches with like Ilya Dragunov, uh, various other ones you can point to as well, the Champa match, like he beat the crap out of dudes. He turned their chests into uh, like ground beef. Uh, he did all of his stuff. He felt commanding. He felt imperious, if you will. Uh, he felt like the guy you watched on the indies, albeit shot through a slightly glossier lens. At Stand and Deliver, there was none of that. There was a couple of moderately clubbing blows, um, but the chops are now standard WWE-style chops. There's no real heft behind them. Um, he worked softer, a lot softer than usual. And Luke, yeah, there's an argument to be made that people getting busted up on WWE TV isn't good, but this is what made the guy over. This is what got him over. This is what made him popular. This is literally why you sign him, is it not? Exactly. This is precisely why you <laughs> ink a guy like this because of the special qualities that ink. he created. Ink, I love that as a verb. I, I use ink all the time. That is you. awesome. I'm, gonna, I'm stealing <laughs> that. I'm absolutely, I like strapping them up with the pape. The ink them, the strap them. Oh, I love this. You love to see it. Uh, but yeah, you sign guys like this to make use of their unique qualities. And uh, where's the, uh, and there's a counter argument to the counter argument that he shouldn't be chop, chopping people so hard. Okay, cool. Show me the list of people that Walter has injured over the years. Show it to me. Yeah. Because um, it doesn't exist. Right? A guy might get some skin broken on his chest. He'll be all right in a week. It's fine. It's totally superficial. It's not like he's dishing out, you know, <laughs> a couple of matches aside, insane neck snapping dr pile drivers and other crazy bumps. Um, so the guy's style, while violent and, and very physically arresting and visceral, was relatively safe. It's mad how they call us marks and they how treat us with disdain and they get yeah. worked by actual wrestlers exactly and yet that was that was what was so great about it it was a total work aside from a bit of bruising here and there and yet he worked la night like he'd been uh, he was a product of the pc and he'd been working the largo loop for the past 15 years instead of being one of the best wrestlers in the world so that might show me that walter is dead there is literally I mean, I don't want to say zero, but there's like a 1% chance of the old guy ever coming out again. Uh, him and Braun Breaker, who uh, 
who I think we've established on this podcast, have both possessed qualities that I really enjoy. Walter was one of my favorite wrestlers for a long time, and I really enjoy Braun Breaker's whole vibe. They're going to have a totally fine two and three quarter star match with just really nice little chops in the corner and, and do a little, do a little, <laughs> do a little scoop slam in the middle of the ring. Nice and gentle for you there, pal. Nice and soft. It's going to absolutely suck. It's going to be scripted by some guy who's never watched a Walter match in their life and has just seen, you know, the company doctrine and fitted this special guy into it and completely sapped everything that was great about him away in the process. Uh... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> looking forward to this Imperium segment, pal. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I have to agree with that completely. We haven't even got rid of his entrance music. I know. It's public domain, and they got rid of it because it the has... High, they paid someone to make it worse. Yeah. It's astounding. They're just stupid. Like, I love the idea, again, the idea of Volta versus Bron Breaker because Bron Breaker just summoning every bit of energy and F this sort of resolve within him to no-sell a chop. It would be so awesome. Nose-to-nose. Like, this match could be awesome, so and I expect it's going to happen, but I don't expect, for the reasons we've just covered, for it to be awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Lastly, um, and again, this is the only thing that sort of we could vaguely preview, because um, there's a million characters in XT 2.0, and Jesus Christ, I'm not going to go through what I think they're all going to do on this show, but there was another digital exclusive where Grayson Waller, despite losing in the uh, multi-man North American title ladder match, despite seemingly suffering either a horrendous injury or, at the very least, a super painful bump. That bump was... I mean, fair play, he threw everything into that. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 fair play. It's a stupid thing to ask him to do. Yes. But he did it. He did it. He's now in character bragging about the fact that he nearly injured himself and cost <laughs> himself an easy opportunity to scale the ladder and actually win the title because... This is so ironic because no one cared about this show, at least on my TL, and um, just in the general sphere, it didn't really get any buzz. He's gone viral, you see, by hurting himself. But because his character is like an influencer, social media guy, who realistically, right, I don't know how many followers he has, but it's so ironic to give someone this specific gimmick in NXT 2.0 of all places, which is no longer really in the wrestling discourse. A guy who genuinely sort of enjoys going viral and thinks he's a big star. It's just a massive, massive self-own. At present, he's got 13.6 thousand followers. I have more followers than this guy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. No, you're dead right. Grayson Waller is WWE the character, really, isn't he? Because it's a complete disregard for pro wrestling uh, in the name of content. We've oft, often said that WWE in the modern era is not a wrestling company. It's a wrestling-themed content company. A frequent joke in this office is that five years from now, uh, WWE will just be a TikTok channel that somehow turns a $3 billion profit every year. Um, I saw a great tweet the other day where it was like, WWE kind of doesn't really need matches anymore because none of what occurs from bell to bell matters just have confrontations and segments right semi-facetious tweet but the kind of thing where you look at it after you've laughed you go that's kind of true actually um yeah he did this twice in the match he had the bump obviously and it went viral uh and he had another moment where i think it was solo sequoia was on the deck and literally no one else anywhere near him and he's like oh do i hit this guy with a, a flippy move or do i get the belt i uh, know mate you're a professional wrestler you should probably get the belt eh dafty um, well, no, he didn't. He, yeah. just, he wanted to go viral. Yeah, it's just, it, it's total nonsense. Um, but like, the, the guy behind the gimmick, 
throws everything into this yes. character. His performances are very full-bodied. Can't fault him at all. I think he's a good enough wrestler. Good enough. That's so condescending. I think he's a good wrestler. Uh, and he's obviously very charismatic. He's very expressive. Uh, he takes what's given to him, and he performs it to 110%. But the character's nonsense. It's a wrestling promotion. I don't care if uh, this is a bolder character promotion territory thing now where whatever, whatever. At the end of the day, it's still about winning and losing. Uh, and if your priority is hurting yourself, gory self-mutilation on the latter, you're... It's uh, there's no blood, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, it's not safe as blading, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, there's no actual blood to, like, they get worked. Like, and, oh, this is a mark company. And I expect Grayson Waller tonight has cut some absolutely risible like, nonsensical promo in which he brags about being, to be fair, that was the one gif I saw before I skimmed the show. The only buzz I saw about this show. I read a few results about, ah, oh, strange that uh, Dolph won, but mostly it was that bump I yeah. saw got gifted. So yeah. he's not wrong. And look, there's a kernel of a not terrible idea here because the idea in most wrestling matches is to at least get someone over in defeat and put someone over in victory, obviously. But this is just a stupid way of trying to accomplish um, a goal that every pro wrestling company should do. And that's possibly because, as you just said, they're not really a pro wrestling company. Man, we did, I think we reached uh, well over 20 minutes here. We're so let's 25, wrap up. baby. Oh, Jesus Christ. I could have just not talked for the last <laughs> five minutes. Anyway, like this is what this show has done. At the end of the day, we've been a little bit facetious. We're glossing over the usual games. We've tried to keep this short and sweet. They've given us little to preview. And this is kind of what happens. Was it's there... cause and effect, man. Like, if you are going to produce a show like Stand and Deliver, that's aggressively mid, that didn't really generate much buzz, that was sort of dwarfed in quality by, at le like, I saw three, four shows, including one show that went two nights, and most of them were in part. Like, there were impact shows that were getting more rave reviews in terms of the match quality. This just was possibly one of the worst shows on WrestleMania weekend, other than the stupid irony shows. I heard that the, the, uh, the Cluster F was rubbish this year. I but watched the Cluster last night and i can confirm and i've just sworn cool, cool. we're right at the very end we're right at the very end here we'll wrap up but ultimately if you're going to produce a uninteresting show that didn't capture anyone's imagination no one subsequently in the the fandom or the wrestling um content production sphere is going to really anticipate what they do next hence why the tone of this review has been like it has um if you think that this show is actually really good and we should be excited about this and we are being completely miserable genuinely let us know why in the twitter replies you can do that underneath the link to this podcast at what culture wwe whilst you're there you can follow andy murray at at andy h murray the h stands for haribo it's what it's what's for breakfast you can follow me at m sedgwick <laughs> once again you should follow um and subscribe to what culture wrestling on itunes spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from i believe there's a live in-person review of raw on the feed as you are listening which you should check out um me my uh, me and murray rather will be back tomorrow to review nxt 2.0 and preview aew dynamite so check um back onto your feeds for that and until then thank you for joining us and we will see you soon 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code GLOW.